Hello, and welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast for Edgewood Church in Danville, Illinois. This week at Edgewood. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you've blessed this church. Lord, I think as well of just hearing the things we talked about today, Lord, how truly you do get all the glory. Lord, it's, this is all because of you. And Lord, I thank you, because, I thank you for that. I thank you because of that. Lord, I pray now that you would again bless us this morning. Lord, bless us with your presence and your spirit. Lord, give me the words to speak this morning as we, as we talk together of your word. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I was thinking about this sort of thing this morning, um, and even today when we were sharing praises, as you know, I always find that difficult to hear those sorts of things, but uh, um, it, it really is truly, it is all God, isn't it? I mean, that he, you know, I bank so much on what we learn in Corinthians where where Paul says, I've chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I've chosen the weak things of the world to confound the strong. I, I, I bank things on that, that thought. And so every week when I get up here to preach, I'm thinking about that sort of thing. And I, I know John does as well when he gets up here. We think about that reality. Um, now the last few weeks in Corinthians have been, I think, my opinion, challenging. Kind of, oh, ooh, that was tough to hear, sorts of things. Or challenging in the sense of difficult to understand or comprehend. I think that we're going to see a little bit of a shift this week. And I'm hoping um, that today is a day. So if you came here today and today is a day you're like, I just need encouragement. I'm hoping that today shifts in that direction for you. Okay. Now, I want to start, there's a couple questions I need to ask, and we had a whole thing about this on the way over this morning. I was asking this question to uh, Charity and to Josiah, trying to, does this question make sense? So I rephrased the question a little bit. Hopefully, um, although I, I know that Joe doesn't like the last where it had church to happen. He didn't, he didn't like that. Um, it, like, what does that even mean, you know? Or I think he actually said, does church even happen? <laughs> okay, so... Let me clarify what this question means, okay? So I want you to think very practical, okay? So here we are, Sunday morning. Uh, today's the 13th, right? Today's the 13th? October the 13th, 2019. We're at Edgewood. Church is happening right now. Here we are. What sorts of things, just very practical, what sorts of things needed to occur in order for everything that's happening today? Had to get up. Excellent. What were you going to say? People have to show up, right? Excellent. What else? What other kinds of things needed to happen? Well, lights, right? We've got to have... Oh, this. Somebody had to pay the bills through the week, right? Yeah? What's that? We had to be born. Wow, you're going way back, right? We had to be born to be here. Had to have gas in the car. Had to be ready. Had to think ahead, Yeah? Yeah, get dressed. I mean, see, I'm so happy because 
uh, I was afraid you guys would go the opposite direction and think like all these theological, like what really needed to happen. But you're answering exactly what I was hoping for, right? But I had to get dressed. I had to come here. Yeah. Bro. Oh, yeah. D yesterday, right? This morning, working on doing some sermon prep. What else? Oh, side note. I mentioned to my father-in-law, when you're talking about angels watching, I had, my, I had this, if suddenly I was viewing the three of you like Charlie's angels up here. <laughs> like the three angels up here. And, and I'm like, it's like Charlie's angels. And so I said, and he said, that makes you Charlie, right? I, 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 guess, I guess so. That's soft topic. Um, but think about, okay, so what happened up here? Did you guys enjoy the music today? Yeah, well, okay, so what had to happen to make that happen? What's that? Play it and sing it. Yeah, music practice. Had to, songs had to be picked up. There's all these little things that are happening, right, occurring in order to make church happen today. Uh, what are some other, we're not done yet, there's, there's more. Think about, start thinking now, what, what are the little things are going to, I'm glad we already went into like the through the week stuff, like the paying of the bills, right? I mean, that stuff is important. Think about that, that avenue for a second. Uh, absolutely. What else? Yeah? What else? Fair sermon, what did you say? God had to, sh God, I mean, it, now we start getting into some of the other things, right? With preparation, you know, we, if we do all this stuff, but God doesn't show up, right? I mean, there's definitely that. We want him to show up. Or what's the point, right? Just a social club if, if God's not part of this. Um, let me share a couple of other things that I had down. Um, thinking about the kids, uh, last night my wife was uh, sitting in bed right before we went to sleep. Right? Looking through toddler's church stuff. Do we have any toddlers here today? Yeah? Getting that stuff prepared. Right? So more than just me, like Sunday schools, preparing for those things. And in fact, even right now, who's back with the kids? My mom. Okay. Somebody has to be back there. Okay. Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> just Jane Gaither. Oh, yeah. Have you met them? We may not have a church afterwards if it was just them with no adult presence. We, we, who knows what would happen? I do get afraid sometimes when Joe is back there with them by himself. I'm always thinking I'm going to come back and he's going to be like tied up to something. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's all these things that are happening. Um, I think other things that happen during the week. Uh, I haven't heard anybody mention this, but I think if you think through, like, because we've, we've had connections to it. Like even just the encouraging each other through the week, right? Because we know that church is bigger than just what happened on Sunday morning, like, and I, I love it when I hear about those things happening, people calling each other. And um, I always appreciate Norma the most on this because I'll, I'll end up talking to somebody and she'll have, uh, they'll say, oh, well, I just talked to Mrs. Dillon the other, or they say Norma. They, I just talked to Norma the other day and, uh, you know, she was checking in. My, and she'll come and she'll tell, oh, did you know about this, this, this is a need. I love all these aspects through the week on Sunday morning, all of it. Um, who makes sure all of this happens? Now, I want you, before you answer, I want you to think through a little bit more biblically. Who enables, empowers, energizes, activates the happening of church? Right? And I saw a point up. I'm hearing some of you whisper it like it's, it's, Christ, it's God, right? Now, let me ask a different question. Okay? Now, this one's a little bit more challenging, 
Um, and I do this every once in a while. I ask a question, I'm laying some groundwork, right? Getting your, your brain thinking. Uh, so we, I've asked some questions about church happening. Um, this one's a little bit different. I, I just want to know what are some of the first things that pop in your head for this next one. So I'm going to put a word up there. This is not a trick question. I actually don't have a specific answer I'm looking for this time. I'm just very curious. What do you think of when you think of this next thing? So I'm going to pop it up there. Um, when you see the word, hear the word spiritual. And I know we're in church, so you, you automatically think a certain way, but that's okay. What, what do you think of? What, what words pop in your head when, if somebody says spiritual, what, is it, what was the first thing that popped in your head when I put that up there? Correct. Okay, so I heard like five. What, what did you say? Prayer. prayer? Uh, what, Christ-like. Christ-like. I heard another one over here. Prayer. prayer another prayer. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, right? No, no, no. No, because see, I asked you this earlier. What was the first word that popped in your head? Invisible. Invisible. I, I thought that was interesting. Like, we think the spiritual, not, not the things not seen, right? Yeah. The spiritual world, yeah. <laughs> me? <laughs> oh, you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> Thank you, though. <laughs> but did you, did you have one? I thought you had one, too. Faith? These are all good. I, I, like I said, I didn't have something specific that came to mind. Let me ask you this. Um, outside of church in Christianity, if you were talking to somebody that's not like, directly connected with church, would they ever use, do you think they might ever use the word spiritual and it might mean something very different? Yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you think they mean? What, what do you think somebody else might mean if they said the word spiritual? What, just possibilities. Mystical? Yeah. Paranormal? Yeah, higher power, but not necessarily God. I think the invisible captures a lot of it as well, right? In Christianity and outside of Christianity, there's this other, right, that's occurring. Everything isn't just this stuff, okay? Um, Now, before I dig into our, oh, sorry. Before I dig into our passage... Okay, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Before I dig into it, I want to tell you one last thing about the Corinthians. Uh, you have to trust me on this one for now. You'll, I think you'll see it as we continue on through uh, this book. But the Corinthians were a church that I believe, from this study, I believe really thought when it came to the spiritual stuff, they had it figured out. Right? They had it figured out. They had nailed it. They knew exactly what was going on, what was happening, how to look at it, how to understand it. Um, they, as a church, I believe, felt like they really were on top of things when it came to understanding the spiritual world. Okay? Which means, when I read this first verse of chapter 12... Um, it's going to, if you can place yourself into the Corinthian mindset, I think you're going to read this first verse, and it's going to feel like a bit of a slap in the face from Paul. Okay? Um, I know I said it was going to be encouraging. We'll we'll get to that part. Uh, But this very first verse, I think for them especially, would have felt like a, oh, ouch, kind of moment. 
I also want to point out that the very first two words, now concerning, this is something that ties back to what I mentioned several weeks ago. There's several places as we go through the rest of this book that Paul says, now concerning this, and then a few, a little bit later he says, now concerning this, a little bit later he says, now concerning, this is about the third or fourth that we've had. It, it's, it's him answering, it kind of breaks apart the book and him answering different questions. So we're moving into another thing that he, now concerning this next topic, and he shifts into it, and this one's going to carry through the next few chapters. So we're only going to get to the introduction of it today, but I want you to listen to what he says first. Now concerning spiritual gifts, understand that this first time that this shows up, the word gifts is not in the original. Okay, see that word gifts? That's not there. This could easily be translated spiritual things, or spiritual people. The word is, and I'm not going to make you remember this. Uh, if I can find it, I think I had it in my notes. Uh, start, oh, there it is. Numa tikon, right? Numa, which you might, that might, like pneumonia, right? Air, breath, that, that was the Greek word for spirit. And it, it could be spiritual things or spiritual people. It's translated in this particular version as spiritual gifts because of the context that we fall into. A little bit later, verse 4, you're going to see the word gifts, completely different word. The word that we're going to see later, and I'll point it out in a minute, is the word charismata, right? Do you ever, charis is grace. Now we think of it like charismatic, right? But charis is the word, Greek word for grace. And so that's why it's gifts. Um, it's talking about something that is freely given, unmerited, unearned, just bestowed. Okay? So in this first verse, Paul is literally saying to them, now it comes to spiritual stuff, spiritual things, spiritual people. Brothers, I do not want you to be, and you could say this instead of uninformed, you could say ignorant. So here the Corinthian church is thinking, we, got the, we know stuff on this topic. And Paul's first comment is, I don't want you to be ignorant. You've got some learning to do. Okay? Very important verses. He sets up where he's going to go. And so this first point, right? Now, I'm not going to put the point. I don't have the points up there, but for those of you that like to take notes, this is going to be a nice little test um, uh, later on if I ever quiz you. Like, okay, what was point number one? Point number one is this. Keep it simple. There are spiritual things. For that, you could put spiritual issues, spiritual topics. There are spiritual things, spiritual information, and we should learn about those things. There are spiritual things, and we should know about them if you want to get it real simple. Okay? There's spiritual stuff, and there's something to learn about. That's what I got from this first, this first verse. Paul does not want us to be uninformed or ignorant on these things. The next two verses I've usually skimmed over in my life. I did some digging, and I think there's some interesting stuff that we're going to see. So let's go to verse 2. So Paul starts off with the Corinthians. Spiritual things, I don't want you to be ignorant. Verse 2. You know, he says, you know that when you were pagans, in other words, uh, it's actually the Greek word ethne, like, we're, like you think ethnic, Gentiles it could be understood as. When you were pagans, before you were part of the family of God, before you were outside of God's true people, Israel, right? Before you were out, now you're in. Before, when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, 
however you were led. These idols, these unspeakable idols, right? They can't say anything. If we had an idol sitting up there, uh, it couldn't say something to you. In uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Love, one of my favorite parts about idols, he talks about the idol. You have to, to get it somewhere. You have to pick it up and carry it to that place. I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. But there's two words in here that I've never noticed before until this week. Or it's one word mentioned twice. What word do you see twice mentioned in this passage? Led. Now, these leadings, you think of them as drawings, promptings, right? Tuggings at the heart, spiritual promptings. There are those leadings that are outside of the true Spirit of God. Before they were being led astray by these mute idols, which he's already talked about. There's something else there. You were led astray however you were led. Whatever it looked like, there was something that was pulling at you, drawing you. Don't miss this. Other religions, false religions, have all sorts. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, have you ever talked to somebody that's in a completely different religion outside of Christianity, and they've spoken on Maybe it's mysticism. We're talking about mystics, right? Maybe it's just something that, and they, they're like, but you don't understand what I felt. It's very real to them. This verse tells me something. Those spiritual things, they, they might be very real to those people. I, I used to chalk up a lot of that to imagination. That's not always the case, is it? There's something there. We've learned that in Corinthians. There's something there. There's, there's a power that is there that is not God. Point two, if you're into the note-taking thing. Point two, there are spiritual things. And not all are from the true God. Important thing when navigating this world, that there are spiritual things, experiences, Realities, presences, and not all of them are from the one true God. Oh, so important as we're navigating this world. Because so often, if you, if you feel it, it must be real. Being real doesn't make it right or true. Point three, I'm going to give you ahead of the verse. There are spiritual things, because it flows right from it, there are spiritual things, and we should discern their source based on their destination. I'm going to say that one again. There are spiritual things in this world, and we should discern, think about, consider, examine. We should discern their source based on at least to some degree, their destination. Where do they lead you to? Let's take a look at this next verse. Once again, another verse that I used to always skim over quickly. Let's listen to what it says. It says, Therefore, I want you to understand, Paul says to them, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, why would I ever say that? 
Okay? And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not to be taken. I've always taken this just at very thin value. And it's confused me a little bit because there's been people that can say the actual words, Jesus is Lord. And I'm going, they're not saying that. There's, there's something missing there. Right? I've heard some people who I, I would deem as clearly false teachers that are teaching something that is clearly not biblical they might say the phrase, Jesus is Lord, and they mean something totally different. We are talking about that in church or in Sunday school this morning, the, the shifting of terms and what they mean by those things. And so I've always been confused by this verse because I'm like, well, does this mean... Let me help you out if you feel the confusion. What this means is if someone has a spiritual experience, then their words will match up with the truth that Jesus is Lord. I'm going to say this a couple times. If someone has a spiritual experience, so they go back to the context, as leadings, drawings, of leading some one way or the other. And their words, right? Clearly their words, but I think a true confession that Jesus is Lord comes from the Spirit of God pointing them that direction. And so in other words, you can say this. If somebody comes to this place where they truly confess, Jesus is my Lord. He is Lord. See, we, see that, we say that word Lord a little bit differently than the way they would have said it. Lord, master of my life. Jesus is Lord. Nobody gets to that point apart from the Spirit of God. It also means, now, the Jesus is cursed. In the Greek, it's anathema, Jesus. And it, it, it's definitely a curse be upon. Or Think about just negative let me play this out a little bit for you to help you. Let me ask you this question. Um, where are you being led? If the leading ends up at the lordship of Jesus, meaning Jesus is your king, then that is of the Spirit of God. If, if the leading does not end up at the lordship of Jesus, anathemagy, bad on Jesus, right? then that is not the true Spirit of God. Let me get a little bit more clear. Let me give you an example here. Let's say, back, if you can imagine it, as a young person, single. I've met people that said, I really believe that God is leading me to, to date this person. Right? But the person that they think God is leading them to date, let's say this person is not a Christian. Now, the Bible clearly states that we are not to be unequally yoked. Talking about who... So let me ask you this question. This leading, could it have been very real for this young single person? Could it have felt very real? Yes. Is it, though, of the Spirit of God if it leads to not Jesus? Well, I'm going the wrong way. Is it really the Spirit of God if it leads to denying of the Lordship of Christ in your life? No. You see how this starts to play out in a way that's, I think, very practical? So many people, I've met people that have said that. They go, I think God's leading me. And I've always kind of scoffed at that, but after reading this and studying this, I thought, you know what? There's a reality. There's some people that they're genuinely 
feeling something, but you can discern the source based on where it's leading you to. If it leads you to a place of acknowledging Jesus is my Lord, that is of the Spirit of God. People don't get to this place of Jesus is Lord apart from the Spirit of God. But if this leading ends up at a place where you're, you're ultimately, even though you may never say those words, you're ultimately saying, I don't care what Jesus says, I'm going to do what I want. Is that not the same thing as let Jesus be accursed in my life? Jesus is not my Lord. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what he says. Was that leading really of God? And here's the thing. This is why this is important. Because there are many people that go, but I, I, I feel it. Now, I'm not one naturally that goes down that path. Okay? I'm not one that like, I feel it. So it must be. I'm not. I'm, I'm just being completely honest with you. I, if I went based on my feelings, I, I mean... I mean, there's been multiple jobs where I'm like, I don't feel like getting up and going to work, but you do it anyway. I mean, there's, I mean, you know, there's plenty of that. I mean, I don't feel like being nice to this kid that's lying to me in the dean's office, but I'm going to, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, it, you don't, so I'm not naturally one that kind of leans that way anyway, but I know that that's still a thing. I really f- feel God's leading, and maybe even we can throw into this signs, Right? This, see, and that's what Paul said, however you were led. If, if you think you're being led by God, but the, the end result is to deny the lordship of Christ, that's not God. Period. That's what this verse is saying. And I feel so bad I skimmed over it so many times in my life. That's right. If, if it's leading you You can determine the source. What's the source? Is this really God or not? Where does it take you? If it takes you to Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to do what he says to do. Okay, that was God. If it takes you over here, you go, I don't care what Jesus says. I want to do what I want. That's not God that led you there. I had a few other examples here. Um, I think we got the point. I I want to keep going. Point three again. There are spiritual things. And we should discern their source based on their destination. Now, the spirit that is going to lead you, let's leave aside now the discernment of which way. And let's talk about what the leading of the spirit actually does look like. These next three verses, I want you to really just examine, if you can, the way they're structured, because there's a big, gigantic truth in the middle of this. Verses 4 through 6 says this. Now, there are varieties of gifts. Pause. Remember what I said earlier? We used to get to this word. Not the same word that you used earlier. Spiritual things. This time it's gifts. Paul emphasizing here, unmerited, undeserved. You didn't get anything to get it. Realities in your life. This was important. The Corinthians were, were very much a honor. And so the, one of the, the fallacies we're going to see with the Corinthians is that if they felt like they were very spiritual, they must have done more to get that way. And Paul's just completely knocking it all down. And this is the first step of that knocking it all down. If there's anything... So see, I can get up here. 
and all those nice things that you guys said about me earlier, I can, I can say, man, that was the, that's a gift of God to this church. It's his grace, which is what's wrapped up in that word gift, charismata. It's his grace that, that I'm able to get up here and say anything good. If there's anything that's good that you get and you walk away and go, that was good, you know where that came from? God. It was a gift. You know who it was a gift to? It wasn't a gift to me. It was a gift to his church. That's, that's what Paul's like. This is not about you and how much you've done and how much you've worked. It's God gifts his church. It's his church. He gifts it freely, unmerited, undeserved. That's what I kept thinking when I was sitting up here. I'm like, I don't deserve any of this. And when I want to walk away, it's because I forget. I, for, I have moments where I forget that it's God's grace. When I take, get my eyes off of his grace and I start thinking about me, I go, I should stop. Right? I'm going to blow it. I should stop. It's, it's not me. It's God. There are varieties of gifts, diverse varieties of gifts, but the same. I'm, I'm going to help you find the big truth here by emphasizing words, okay? There's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Now, you know what the, you know what the big truth is here? Did you see the fullness of God being played out in this? Have you ever heard the word Trinity? God, three persons. One God, three persons. Father, Son, Spirit. Do you see all three displayed in what's going on? The full Godhead is at work in His people. There's also, it's almost poetic, isn't it? Varieties, diverse, right? Varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Notice the, the change here. There's a variety of service. So how's this played out? Gifts is the same thing, different word, but is the same thing as what? Service. So the, so the gifts are, are service in the church that people are doing. Uh, the, the, but the same Lord. There are varieties of, what's this, what word does Paul use this time? Activities. I like how some versions translate that energizings. That's, that's the idea in that word. Energizings. Right? So the gifts that God is giving, unmerited, unearned. The, the acts of service that are happening in the church. The, the energy to be able to do those things all come from and are flowing out of God the Father, the Son, the Spirit. The goal in this is not to pick it apart in such a way where we go, okay, the way the Spirit's doing this part and giving this, but the, the Son is doing... If you, if you go down that route, you're missing the point. The, what's the point? The fullness of God is working out in gifting, energizing, enacting every aspect of what goes on in His church. Let me put it this way. Point four, for those of you that like to take notes. The spiritual things from the true God 
are orchestrated. I had to take a long time about trying to pick the right word for this. Orchestrated by the full Godhead. Now, you may not have heard the word Godhead before. That's a, it's an old word. It has this idea, the fullness of who God is. It's orchestrated. So what we see going on here is being orchestrated by God. This means how they're displayed, why they're displayed, the times that these things are happening, the conduits, the people through which they happen. And this is why we get into the next verse. To each is given the manifestation, that word is phenerosis in the Greek, and it means the invisible. Uh-huh. She's like, oh, that did mean something. The invisible spirit of God made concrete. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. I'll talk about the end of that for a second, but think about that. So I get up here, study, learn, present, and preach. That is a visible, physical, right? Because I'm using my actual mouth to convey to you. I'm not like speaking telepathically, right? Physical, concrete manifestation of something that's invisible. See, what do we want at church? We want, we want to know at church that, that God has shown up and the Spirit is going to speak to your hearts. God does that by working through human beings, working in this meat computer up in my skull, causing me to formulate the right words in the right way at the right time, using actual airwaves, right? Sound waves in the air, going to you, hitting the, the physical eardrum. It's going, all this air, this hot air, Matt's blowing out, hitting your eardrum, and, and, and translating that sound wave back to a brain wave so that you can understand it and comprehend it. That's all the concrete manifestations of something spiritual that's happening. That's awesome, right? That God takes something spiritual, the Spirit speaking truth from the Word into your heart, spiritual, and He, dis he manifests it in a way that's physical. Matt Harmless sat, studied something, tried to learn some stuff, sifted through it, tried to figure it out. And then he's up here and he's saying it and hopefully he's with his notes and sometimes he's not. But the end result is hopefully what we're hoping for is a physical representation, making concrete something invisible. That's just, that's just amazing. But I want to point out the very end of that verse with my point six. For those of you that are taking notes. The spiritual things from the true God are manifested. And hopefully that word manifested has more weight to it now, doesn't it? Are manifested in a variety of ways, but for the same purpose. What do you see the purpose is right here? The common good. He's speaking specifically of his people. And I know this because of where he goes after this. He's talking about his people, the church. He's going to talk, he uses an illustration coming up next. We talked about the church is like a, a body, different 
appendages, right? But it's the body of Christ with Christ the head. This is the body. And so he uses this illustration. But for you, you can say, okay, the, the spiritual thing, it's all for the good, the building up of the body of Christ in this, this world. I'm going to end by quickly going through these next few verses. I'm just going to touch on these next things because what, what we're going to see Paul's going to unfold. He's going to keep... In the next three chapters, he talks about this stuff. Right now, he's just giving some examples of what manifestations look like. So let me give them to you briefly. Verse 8. For to one... Now, let's count the examples he gives. Can we do that? Can we count the examples he gives? For to one is given... Same word there, this given, it's, it's not the same word in the Greek, this charismata, but it's a word that re-emphasizes the gift aspect. For to one is given through the Spirit utterance of wisdom, and, and to another utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. So we have two examples right off the bat. Well, what are they? Utterance of, utterance of, now, I'm not going to get up here and try to tell you which one is which and what the breakdown. An utterance of wisdom is this, but an utterance of knowledge is this. If you go down that route, I, still, I think you're missing the point again. If, if you're sitting here in church and you hear something and you go, there's wisdom in that. That was uttered from Matt. Where did that come from? The Spirit. If you are at work and your Christian friend is there next to you, and you go, I just don't know what to do. And they go, well, I remember this, this scripture, and they share something with you. And you're like, have you ever had that happen? And you're like, I've never heard that verse before. You probably have, but it feels like you've never heard that verse before. And all of a sudden, like this light bulb goes on, and it's like dinging in your head, and you're like, that's exactly what I need. Where did that come from? The Spirit, Right? That's a gift God just gave to his church, his people. Manifested, the Spirit manifested his, he spoke to you through who? That co-worker that loves Jesus. Right? It, think about it on the other side. Maybe you, so you're talking to somebody at work, Christian or non, and they ask you a question, you go, and, and it just so happens that last Sunday at church, you were hearing about this exact verse, and you go, you wouldn't believe, I, we were just talking about this church on Sunday. And, and then you share it with that person. How did, did you orchestrate that? Could you have orchestrated that? <laughs> so where did it come from? The Spirit. Spirit worked that out. It's a gift, freely given by God. You didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve to be there at the right place at the right time. You can't give yourself a pat on the back and go, I am so good that I go to church and I knew those verses. I'm such a good Christian. Right? No. You're missing the point. Who was it? That was God. Okay. Two utterances. How about this next one here? Another faith. How many are we at now? Three. Faith by the, by the same Spirit. Another gifts of healing. By the one spirit, and we've got four. Faith in this context, actually I want to read something here. 
Um, I was having trouble understanding this, this faith because I'm thinking, well, don't we all as Christians have faith? And, and yes, absolutely. That's like the key, right? Right there. If you don't have faith, then you're not a Christian. Um, uh, one of my commentaries said, probably this gift promotes a robust, optimistic, so this, this exuberant level of faith. And I think you know some of these people that this is, this is talking about, what Paul's talking about is not just a, um, that baseline faith, but it's that exuberant, optimistic acceptance of God's sovereign love and mercy in such a way as to put, heart, put, hearts into a, or put heart into a troubled church in times of uncertainty. Such a gift would build the whole church in moments of trial when stability or progress seem under threat. It may also denote a settled disposition of robust confidence in God that raises the spirit and morale of fellow Christians. And we know people that are like this. No matter what happens, they're like, it's okay, God is in this. <laughs> you ever met that guy when you're not having it? You're not feeling it? I mean, you still trust Jesus. But you're going, my whole life is going to fall apart. In the next two days. <laughs> and then you meet that person. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Nothing can knock them down. Is that because they're just amazing? You go, part of you goes, they kind of are. But it, is that just because of that? No. And the fact that they cross your path and they're like, man, God, God's going to get you through this? Don't. Don't worry. God's, I'm confident. You're going to see the other side of this. And, and when, when that faith bubbles over onto you, and you're like, that's, that's right. I, I knew that. I don't know what I was thinking. Where'd that come from? The Spirit. The Spirit of God orchestrated that. Worked it out. It's a gift to His people. I think it's a gift just as much. See, we hear the word spiritual gifts, and usually we start thinking about special talents or abilities. That's not what it is. It's, it's God gifting these good little treasures, these activities, these services, all these little things that happen that are good in the church body. That's a gift from God that he's giving to his people. And every time it happens, we ought to say, thank you, Lord, for that gift. That was a gift. It's not about ability, right? It's not about ability. It's about the Spirit who gives all in a variety of ways. Now that second one there, and I just lost my place. That second one there, <clears throat> gifts of healing by the one Spirit. I wish, and I'm using the word wish, sometimes I pray for this more. I wish God allowed this more often. There are times I think he does. I'm definitely not of the mindset that says there was a time for that and it's over. I've seen it happen. I've seen people and heard stories of people that were ill and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're doing better. When that happens, see, notice though, the gift isn't a special ability in a person. This is why I reject someone that goes, I'm a healer. No, God's a healer. If you just so happen to be, I, I, I always want God, I want so bad. There's been so many times in my life where I've, I've wished that God, and I say wish again, I wish that God would 
would grant this gift when I'm in a hospital room at a hospital bed. For, for me, most often, God said, that's, that's not the gift I'm going to give right now. I'm going to give you faith. In fact, I'm going to grant faith in this person by you being there and, and just saying, God is still good when you're in this hospital bed. That's the gift, Matt, I want you to give. And I tell God, I go, God, couldn't it be the gift of rise up and walk this time? And so often God says, no, not, not this time. I'm healing something bigger. Gifts of healing. Another working of miracles. This word that's translated miracles is literally just the word power. It's just the word power. It doesn't have to mean a miraculous act, though it can. I'm sorry, I've got to get back to where my notes were. It means workings of power. I think that this could take the form of when you are down and somebody, another Christian, part of this church, or maybe even another church, steps into your life just at the right place at the right time and says, you need to stop what you're doing. And for the first time it goes, you go, it's almost like this, this spirit that you've been listening to is vanquished in that moment. You're right. And you have that moment of free thought to say, I need to, and you start turning towards Jesus. I think it could be that. To another prophecy, meaning much more like the Old Testament prophets that aren't telling the future, but just telling the truth the right place, at the right time, without fear. That's a gift that God gives to his people. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. There are some that nail it right off the bat. That's not God. Right? And there are some that get easily, I don't know, is it, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And there's some, remember we were talking about that a minute ago, like discerning there's some that have seen, and they go, man, that's, that's going towards God. You're good. No, you're headed the wrong way. But I really think that maybe it's, thank God for the ones that go, no, you're wrong. That's not God. Okay. I'm glad God brought you into my life because I was going the wrong way. To another, he says, various kinds of tongues. Hmm. This is a Baptist church, Matt. I don't know about that one. Too bad. It's in there. It's in the Bible. The Greek word for tongue here is glossia. I think that's where we get the word glossary. The word that's translated various kinds um, could even be interpreted as species of tongues. Isn't that weird? Weird, isn't it? I was weird sometimes. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I cannot limit this to one particular thing. Paul uses the same phraseology later 
in chapter 13, when he says, though I could speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Angels have a language? I guess so. What's important here that you're going to see is that the Corinthians had taken this particular, whatever it looked like, uh, whatever you want to think about it, they had taken that one and lifted it up to the top of the heap because it was the most exuberant, obvious thing. And they'd raise it up to the top of the heap as if it was the most important thing. Every time Paul mentions this particular one, he always puts it last on the list. Let's not dig into what that means just yet. Are you guys okay with that? Are you sure? How many gifts have been mentioned? Four was gift of healing. Five, working of miracle workings of power. Six, prophecy. Seven, distinguishing between the spirits. Eight, various kinds of tongues. Nine, interpretation of said tongues. Let's go to verse 11, and we're going to stop here. Because if you try to, if we dig into, I'm trying to make a list. Here's the thing. When Paul lists off what we call spiritual gifts, it's never the same list. So if you're trying to go, well, wait, i got to figure out what they are and what mine, you're missing the point. These, Paul didn't even use the same list every time. There's just a variety of things. There's a variety of ways that God blesses his people. And so we get to phrases like this. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He will. So I want you to take a big sigh of relief to say nothing good is ultimately depending on me getting it right. The good gifts that God gives are given by Him. He works it out in the full trinity of who he is in ways that you cannot fathom in the aspects of God's character he's working it out what do you do you just need to go I just gave a word to this person and it helped them thank you God I was just an encouragement to this person that's not me thank you God I just heard Pastor Matt say the most profound thing. That's not him. Thank you, God. Right? I was kind and nice and generous. <laughs> That's not me. Thank you, God. God gifts to his church. He does it freely and without merit. I think right now you need to go, thank you, God. Can you try it? You have to say it like me, though. Ready? Thank you, God. <laughs> kind of like Scooby-Doo or something. I don't know what happened there. Now, this is possible. This gracious gifting is only possible because Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived righteously, suffered betrayal, false accusation, mockery, and ultimately crucifixion 
taking upon himself all of your sin and all of my sin, taking it to the, to the cross and to the grave, and then rising up again, freely bestowing, again, gifting in grace, God's favor. So now you can stand in a favorable, that's what the word grace means, in a favorable position before God Almighty, who is holy and righteous and just. You can stand in a favorable position where he's, he's able to give you good gifts to build up his church, all because Christ took care of it. And so we come together we have to do this to remember. I don't know if you remember this from the previous weeks, but we've been talking specifically about this, that, that when Paul says, do this in remembrance, it's more than just in the mind remembering. It's, it's an entering in. It's, it's thinking about, like, I, I'm, I'm going to the cross with Jesus. I'm participating in that. There's, there's shed blood on my behalf. I'm, I'm entering into that. So that when you step out of, these, out of this, this building, out, back out into the world, and, and you, you'll recognize, you go, if there's anything good that happens at this point forward, it's never going to be me. It's all going to be God. Okay, say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you that you're gracious. Thank you that you're gracious to us horrible, wretched, filthy sinners. I could have uh, my two guys come up. I want to pray. God would bless these next few moments together as we do this in remembrance. Okay? Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are a good, gracious God. I thank you for what we're about to partake of. I pray now that you would, Lord, I pray now that you would bless this bread and bless this cup Lord, I pray that your blessing would exhibit itself to us today in a remembrance of all that you've done for us. Lord, I pray that you would destroy our pride if we've thought we're doing pretty good or we're pretty spiritual. Lord, I pray that you would destroy that pride and help us to recognize it is nothing but your grace. I pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, Paul the Apostle writes, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this day. I thank you for everyone who was able to make it into this room today, into this building. God, I pray now for your blessing on their lives as they enter back out into the world. Lord, I pray that you watch over them when they're 
traveling home or traveling other places, watch over each person as they're at work or um, just out in their neighborhoods or at stores, shopping, Lord, wherever they go, got to pray your blessing upon them. Help them, Lord, to discern what is of your spirit. Help them, Lord, to then follow where your spirit leads them. God, I pray that you would give good gifts to this church. Lord, I say that knowing that you always have and that you always will. And so, Lord, I ask with confidence, Lord, continue to give good gifts to this church, to your people. I pray this now in Christ's name. Amen.